Fit Finding Secrets. This is Coach Cheryl, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, education, and a ton of tips to help you on your fitness journey. And today I'm going to start with a rant. And if you hear that little meow in the background um, coming up to say hi, he's the rant because I am re-recording the episode that I did last week because he decided yesterday to spill my entire mug of coffee on my laptop computer that was less than a year old. Um, so it was a super stressful couple of days for me. Um, but you know, hindsight is this, is I, I spent a lot of time being angry, being upset, stressing about the money that I was going to have to spend on a new computer and all these things. But at the end of the day, like I tell all of my clients and tell all the people that I talk to is like, it could have been worse, right? Like, you know, I could have had a third degree burn on my arm or something like that and had to go to the hospital. You know, there are, are always ways to look at things that can sometimes, you know, not seem easy in the moment. Cause I'll be honest that day I was pissed to no end. And I still am pissed that I had to buy a new computer, but you know what, being able to say, Hey, I can actually afford to go buy a new computer is something that I should also look at as hindsight. You know, that could have been worse, right? I could have not had the money to go, to go buy a new computer. So, and I really didn't, I put on a credit card, but either way I had the resources and that's the main thing. So you know, as I'm going into this episode, I'm I'm going to talk today's episode is really going to be about simplifying nutrition for you guys. But I want to tell you guys that that's the part of nutrition that's more complicated is the factors that really don't have anything to do with the freaking food. You know, it's, it's how we react to stress and how we react to our life and what we've been conditioned to do for so long. And, and in that day, in that moment, that's what happens to people and they're, they're in their day and they're trying to stay committed to their results, but then something happens. And then before they know it, the last thing they're thinking about is what they're eating. So um, anyways, that was my little rant because I'm angry that I have to re-record this podcast episode because it's kind of like one of my favorite things to talk about because it's probably one of the things I'm most pas- most passionate about. It's It's my main goal with all of my clients is that in this day and age, there is a ton of information out there. Um, and it's really easy to get hung up in all of the little intricacies and all the, well, what about, you know, keto and, and what about insulin sensitivity and, and what about sugar and, and what about, you know, how much should I be working? There's just so many things. And what about gluten and food? Just so many things that people tend to focus on. And <clears throat> there are some cases where those things matter. Um, you know, there are definitely some conditions where I might have people kind of watch those types of things. But it's after the foundation was created. And it's also looking at a person's body composition and their body fat percentage and looking at all these things to see if if the food that they're looking to change or these more extreme measures that they're looking at are really going to make the biggest difference or if just keeping things simple and actually starting from a good foundation is what that person needs. And, and here's the way I explain it to you guys is this, is, you know, I, I grew up, and I've talked to you guys about my story before is I stand an American diet, very traditional Italian food. Um, my family's half Italian. So we did eat a lot of Italian food, um, but also American. So it was growing up on things like macaroni and cheese and French fries and cheeseburgers and, and Capri Suns and Kool-Aid and Coca-Cola. It was not a diet, you know, built around oatmeal and eggs and, and chicken and vegetables and sweet potatoes. I didn't even touch sweet potatoes. I didn't, I never even tried a sweet potato until I was like 20 something years old, being 100% honest with you. The only vegetables I ate growing up were like maybe broccoli smothered in Velveeta cheese or some iceberg lettuce with ranch dressing, but it was very basic stuff. I was a very kind of, I, I wouldn't even call myself a picky eater. I just ate a lot of 
really highly palatable foods. It wasn't just grilled chicken. It was chicken fingers and ketchup. You know, it was always making things taste really good. And, and there's no reason for those things not to be a part of, you know, our diet every once in a while. But when a diet is based around those things, it is the problem. So not going down the rabbit hole there, because I, like I said, I want to really simplify nutrition for you. And the reason I brought that up is because if I think back to when I was going through my first successful dietary attempt, dieting attempt, I think back and wonder if somebody had shown me just the science behind nutrition, how, how food works in our body, would I have done the drastic things that I did to lose weight? Would I have been in that situation? Would I have even had to lose weight? And so for those of you guys out there that are parents, you know, you have to really look at your kids and how are you raising your kids to view food? And do I think that children should be able to enjoy cookies and cupcakes and pasta and macaroni and cheese? Absolutely. But they need to know how that fits in the plan and that they also need to understand that, you know, that shouldn't be an everyday occurrence to go to McDonald's and, and have that. And it's hard because I know a lot of families are extremely busy and that it's convenient to stop at the drive through when the kid's screaming in the back of the car for chicken fingers and not want to have to, to, you know, deal with that in the moment. Um, but that caught that child might actually really be grateful for you when they are 22 years old and they don't have to worry about weight loss. You know? So if you think about how you feel about your body right now, remind yourself that your children are also going to be growing up facing those same dilemmas and the same body image issues. And so when I think about nutrition and what I teach, what I teach is applicable to, to all ages. If, if people understood the purpose behind a food scale and tracking food and all of those things, it wouldn't be restriction. It could become a way to keep control of things, but it's, it's just like keeping a money budget is really all it is. You know, you're teaching, teaching yourself and your children how to understand money um, from a nutrition perspective. This is not a plug for you guys getting all of your kids tracking food and putting macros to, to practice at 15 years old. But what I'm basically trying to get at is the things I teach should be applicable to all ages. And if you really take this to heart, you can learn how to master your nutrition forever and never have to lose weight again. Always know what how to control things. And there are some variables that are not controllable, but that's the main reason for today's episode. So maybe I'm re-recording it. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Here we go. So I got a couple notes here uh, and I'm going to pull them up because honestly, <laughs> I also hate staring at myself. I got to be honest. One of the hardest things about doing a solo podcast is that I'm literally having a conversation with myself and I would like to get guests on. You know, I, I think that I will eventually start getting guests on. Um, I have had a few in the past, uh, just being 100% honest, my schedule is just crazy. And trying to get things scheduled in is always, always a difficult part. And in the CrossFit space, it's also common that other people that I'd want to connect with also have very busy, crazy schedules. Um, so let's get the ball rolling. And the first note that I wrote down on my page before I get into any of the, of the intricacies of today is Simple isn't always easy, but it is also often much more effective. And I love, love, love talking about this because um, just because something seems simple doesn't mean it's not going to take effort. You know, like if I told someone to go run a mile, that requires no equipment, that requires just your body. It just requires you to say, hey, I'm going to run this mile in X time and I'm going to push myself. 
And that might be a very effective way to get a pretty hard workout in, right? Um, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You could take it easy, but you can also make it hard. Um, and so when it comes down to everything that I'm, I'm talking about today, I also understand that you guys are not five, six, seven years old learning nutrition from a base. You are undoing years and years and years of learned behaviors. And that's not always going to be easy, but if you are taking the time to bust your ass in the gym, to do all the other things, Think of it just like that. You're making progress in your nutrition in some way, shape, way, shape, or form. For some people, this is where diets can be really helpful because they might find a dietary protocol, uh, which I'm going to talk more about why I like paleo as a great place for people to start um, as a means to at least start somewhere with food quality or whatever it is. The diet's not magic, but it can help give a person a place to start and progress on. And it might teach you some of the basics of building solid Meal, meals and things like that to help you be able to add on from that. So the most important thing is that just like anything else in life, as long as we're making steps forward, we're making forward progress. And so when I go into today's episode, what I want you guys to really think about, as I'm already in today's episode, but is, is that the changes you're making, if you are trying to lose weight or change your body composition are going to be permanent. There are things that you're doing that likely aren't going to be as permanent. So if you are really tracking all of your food, you're weighing and measuring every single morsel, you're not snacking between meals or doing all those things, you're likely giving it 100% effort. And when you're in maintenance, you should not have to be that dialed in. However, if you get a little bit too flexible, you likely are going to see that things start going in the wrong direction because likely what that is doing is it's kind of making you aware of the things that you were likely eating that were kind of causing you to go overboard a little bit, or maybe taking up too many calories that you realized. So, all right, I'm, I'm ranting now. Let's go ahead and roll and get going on this. Okay. So let's talk about the simplified nutrition approach that I teach. And that is meant to work. And I promise you that if you give this 100% effort, you will get the results that you want. You will feel better than you ever have. You will understand nutrition. You will understand your body. And honestly, you probably won't have as many cravings. You probably will enjoy your food more. You probably will get better results in the gym and all those types of things. So first things first, and it's really not what comes first. It's kind of like, where do you want to put your effort first? Okay, so we've got calories that we have to control. We've also got food quality look at to ensure that the calories we're getting are nutrient dense and nutrient rich. Now, it really depends on the person um, because for some people, I will often start with food quality. Um, and th this is somebody like, so let's just say right now a person is, you know, they're drinking Mountain Dew, they're stopping at the drive-through, they're just putting whatever they want in their body. They don't care. They're eating chips and, and guacamole and, and cheese. And they just don't, they don't even care. They don't have any idea, no, no concept for them. Just being like, Hey, let's switch to a more whole food based diet. It's likely going to control calories a little bit without controlling calories. It's also going to get them building a foundation of good food quality, to add on to. Now, vice versa, if a person doesn't have a lot of resources with high quality foods, maybe they are having to rely on drive-through and things like that. I can also start with calorie control and then slowly start to change the makeup of that diet. So it really just depends on, on that person. But at the end of the day, we are looking to do two things. One, ensure we're getting enough nutrition in our diet, vitamins and minerals, um, and two, controlling the calorie intake and or optimizing calorie intake for our specific goals. 
Now, what I find in the standard American diet and for most clients that come to me is that there is a severe protein deficiency. Uh, most people that come to me are not overeating protein unless they are coming from a high protein crash diet, aka Atkins, keto, um, or any of those things where they've just been trained to think protein, 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 and they're actually over consuming protein. I would just be honest, I'll take that client any day because it makes it so much easier for me to get them to be where they need to be. Um, but a lot of my clients are not, you know, their breakfast consists of a bagel and coffee. Um, it might consist of a, you know, a, a cheese croissant. They're just, they're so protein deficient, you know, and they don't understand the importance of protein, not just from a body composition perspective, but from a health perspective, how it plays a factor in our immune system, our skin, hair, our nails, our protein, our, our muscle building potential, our bone structure. There's so many things that protein does Im immune system, everything that if we're protein deficient, that is the first place we need to start. And so whether that person is going from a food quality perspective or from a calorie perspective, we are looking to optimize protein. And there are really two ways you can do that. You know, like obviously you're just obviously weighing and tracking your food out using calorie control, but pushing protein or on the food quality you know, perspective of things, you're almost overshooting a little bit. You're like, you know, if you think it's four ounces, you're getting six ounces and every single meal is protein. This is where I said, I talked a little bit about paleo. It is why I do think that paleo is a great quote unquote diet, uh, dietary protocol to follow for people that are looking to really get a good solid foundation of base, because it does teach a high protein, high vegetable based diet. Um, it's just not always easy for people who do also enjoy a lot of the other foods. So, um, that's really the main thing is number one is we're really trying to get calorie control and we're also trying to get food quality. Now, when it comes to building this foundation, this isn't an all in or all out approach. It shouldn't be, I'm 100% quote unquote paleo and I'm using paleo as an example, but whatever diet you're on. Um, and it's, I'm not ever allowed to have those things. Finding that blend of nourishment and pleasure with your food is so important and key for sustainability. And it really comes down to your personality. I am a I, I honestly, I enjoy all of the foods I eat. Um, and I would say, quote unquote, my foods aren't always the highest quality, um, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad quality. I don't eat a lot of uh, fried foods. I really don't eat any fried foods, um, anything that's super heavy, but I do eat things like cookies. And I find like the ones that have less ingredients. Um, I eat crackers and cereal and, and I eat those things. I just try and find the ones that are obviously limiting the amount of ingredients almost as if I was making them at home is kind of my thing because obviously that's just a, a food quality based thing. I'm trying to really minimize a lot of the white flowers and things like that. That's a personal choice. It doesn't necessarily always have to be that way. For some of my clients that 20% pleasure might be actually, yeah, going out and having a couple of chicken wings and some French fries, but there should be that blend because if you're not learning that, that you're not going to be able to sustain it long-term. And this is where you run into the, you know, I run into the clients who they, they come to me, and when they're on track, everything is great. But the second they get exposed to those foods, it's like the next two days, the scale is up like five pounds because they likely overindulge in them. They're not learning that moderation. And this is where calorie control using a food tracker can be very, very helpful for people because now they can actually understand, okay, they go in the food tracker, they log six chicken wings and French fries. And they're like, oh, wow, that's a thousand calories. Okay. Now I know why I was gaining weight before. And now they know where that can fit into the week and how they have to moderate it and the portions. And for that person, they might say, you know what? That's just really not worth it. I'm not going to be full. I'm going to want to eat double that amount. I'm going to choose this instead. 
And that's a personal choice that a person will, um, will make. Now, the second thing to talk about when it comes to nutrition that becomes an issue besides the protein is that most people are entirely too busy and they tend to kind of just wing it with their nutrition. Um, and this is where you get a lot of convenience foods, a lot of, you know, just a handful of this, a handful of that. Um, and they're never really having any structure to their, to their food. So, um, and as I'm going into this, I want to kind of really give you guys the basics and kind of, you know, break it down into what matters most. So as I'm kind of reflecting on part one is we've got to build a solid foundation and that should be primarily 80% whole foods. We want a lot of lean proteins, veggies, um, limited, um, you know, some starchy carbs with, you know, minimal ingredients, rice, oats, sweet potatoes, um, regular potatoes, fruits, things like that. And really giving those foods for pleasure a place in your diet, but not making them your whole diet. So if your breakfast right now is a Starbucks, you know, Frappuccino and a, you know, a donut, you might be being like, all right, I'm going to change to a Starbucks, you know, vanilla latte, and I'm going to get, you know, the egg souffle bites or something like that. And so you're trying to balance things out. Um, so food quality and then uh, obviously calorie control. The next piece of the puzzle that I think is also important, it kind of goes hand in hand with all these things. And that's why it's like, this isn't really a what came first or what to focus on first. It's kind of the components of understanding nutrition is food quality, calorie control, and then how do we build meals, right? So this is a, a big problem with a lot of the standard American diets is that there's no real structure to meal building or snack building. It's just, I'm hungry, I'm craving salty, I grab chips. Um, I'm hungry, I'm craving sweets, I grab a, a handful of candy. Where Or I'm hungry, I want dinner, I'm going to make pasta. And it's where they don't understand how those things are good components to have in your diet for that 20%. But how do we actually build meals and snacks? Well, for the most part, the majority of your meals and snacks should be composed of a protein, a carb, a veggie, and some form of fat. And I, I say some form of fat because oftentimes we don't have to actually think about adding fat. It's often already part of the meal naturally. So if I'm having eggs and toast for breakfast, obviously the eggs are going to have some fat in them. So I'm going to have to actually add fat to that, that meal. Vice versa, if I'm having like shrimp and rice, I might want to add some fat to that meal because there is no fat in shrimp. There is no fat in rice. Um, and then the vegetable intake should be a component of at least two meals a day. I like people to get it in at lunch and dinner. My, my biggest suggestion is always like, hey, get a big ass salad at lunch and then get some form of cooked veggie dinner because that's usually when you guys will be able to cook is at nighttime. And, and that's kind of pretty much staple and standard across whether you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, or looking to optimize performance or anything else in your life, because those are the kind of the key components of getting the nutrients that you need and also will make you feel more satisfied at those meals. So that if you do decide you want to have a cookie or a piece of candy, now you don't want 10 pieces of candy because you just had a nice big meal. It'll kind of, obviously you'll be more satisfied and a little bit less. So meal building basics, you should have a good amount of protein for most, um, for most women, four to six ounces for most men, somewhere in the six to eight ounce range. Um, and that's going to give you guys about probably 25 to 35 grams of protein for women, uh, for guys, probably about 40 to 50 grams per, for, for, uh, per meal. So that's a good base to start. Now, obviously, as we get into macro tracking and things like that, you'll be able to really optimize that and change things up a little bit. And then the same thing goes for your snacks rather than just having, you know, a, a bag of chips, maybe you're having chips that you're having some protein with it. And that sounds dumb, but people don't understand how you will under eat. You will end up 
eating less of the chips and get more nutrients and be more consistent and compliant with your nutrition by doing that. You'll get those protein numbers up. So meal building basics and snack building basics, there should always be components in all of those things. And another plug for, you know, CrossFit. And now I will say this, I'm speaking to a lot of CrossFitters out there. I know that. Um, and that is the one thing that I will say that CrossFit got right, um, is they kind of blended paleo and zone together. So they understood that there's a food quality component and there's a food quantity component. And those two diets were kind of combined to create a plan that would actually help a person achieve those things. Now, obviously there are a couple of problems with the zone diet with CrossFit tends to be very, very, very low calorie. And if you are, you know, putting in hours in the gym, you are likely going to be deficient. And I walk that route because I obviously am a very big believer in the CrossFit methodology. And I gave everything that I did when I first started CrossFit 100% and I was under fueling my body and it was causing me to binge on the weekends and I was gaining weight. So we'll go down that rabbit hole, maybe another episode. So we're looking at calorie control, quality and meal building basics. Now let's talk about, this is essentially the foundation, right? This is where you know, we've got this solid foundation of, of our basics, but when we're talking about specific goals, and this is where I'm going to be speaking to a couple of different populations for some people, they're like, I don't know why I can't lose weight. doesn't matter what I do. I can't lose weight. Well, the one thing you're not doing is putting yourself in a calorie deficit. If you are not losing weight, you are not in a calorie deficit. And when it comes to calorie deficit, what am I meaning by that? Well, we all have a calorie budget. We all have an amount of calories that our body needs to be optimal. And for some people from years and years and years of chronic dieting, that number has been skewed on the lower end. For some people who have a considerable amount of body fat, um, that number might be a little bit higher than they think. Um, but regardless, there's a there's a number. There is a, a number that we all have. And then essentially what it's taking into consideration when we're thinking about the number is um, obviously how many calories we're burning just to sustain life, our lean muscle tissue and our daily activity. And then when it comes to our food, our food does play a factor in our resting metabolic rate because higher quality food does also require energy to break down. We're going to go down that rabbit hole in a little bit. Like I said, I'm trying to keep it simple for you guys. But if a person says, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I cannot lose weight. It means that they're not in a calorie deficit. So we've got to create that calorie deficit. Now, on the opposite end of the energy spectrum, if you are looking to gain muscle, you actually want to put on mass, you should be eating at maintenance and a slight calorie surplus. And that's also where you should be for optimizing performance. And, and this is where you're kind of watching weight. If you're trying to gain, you should be gaining very slowly. Like I think they say it's like less than 10% per week of your body weight. Um, and I might have that number completely wrong, but I think it's about that it might be per month, uh, but it ends up being like half a pound a week it, at the most, because that's going to allow you to minimize body fat while actually maintaining or while making sure that you're putting on muscle mass. Now your training needs to also be in line. You need to be strength training. You need to also be recovering from your strength training. That means getting enough recovery and enough sleep. That's when your body's going to rebuild that muscle tissue. Um, but I am going to speak mostly to calorie deficits today, because honestly, those of you guys out there looking to build mass and perform better, you ain't going to have a problem because you're like, man, I get this. I want to eat more food because I want to perform better. But it's the fat loss perspective that gets really, really frustrating for people because, you know, you probably said, I've tried counting macros. I've tried counting calories. I've tried these things and it doesn't work. 
And I'm going to be honest, it does work. It is the only thing that works to lose weight. However, there are some things that might be causing you to not actually get the results that you want. And that's the main reason for simplifying nutrition today. So as I'm going to recap again, before I go into why you might not be seeing weight loss in a calorie deficit, what gets tricky about this, I'm going to recap. Okay. So when we're thinking basic foundational nutrition protocols, and you're thinking about, man, why am I not losing weight? Okay. Let's cover the basics. Diet, 80% food quality is high. So I've got a lot of lean proteins, veggies, starchy carbs, um, you know, really dialing in all the fruits and vegetables, getting enough vitamins and minerals, getting enough protein. Calorie control is there. I'm weighing and tracking all of my food. I'm not doing the BLTs. I'm really keeping an accurate account of what I'm, what I'm eating to ensure I know exactly how many calories I'm going in. Now, before we go into calorie deficit, okay, when you, if you eat, if you really want to troubleshoot why it doesn't matter how low you drop your calories, you are not losing weight. The first place that I start with all my clients is we should develop a calorie base, a maintenance base. If you start at base and you know, like if, if I have a client that comes to me and they're eating reporting, let's just say they're reporting 1400 calories and I estimate their TDE to, to be like 2200, it's better for me to initially bring that person to 2200, even if they don't lose weight right away, because then I know metabolically I've got them at their optimal number. I've got them capped out. And they might not actually get to that number because a calculation is a calculation. It's not always set in stone that easily. They might tap out at 19 or 2000 calories, but it's knowing that like, if that person is still giving me, I could eat more. Okay, let's eat more. If the weight's not creeping up even better. So if we get that person's calorie intake budget up and they're optimized now, when I drop back down, when I put them in a calorie deficit, it makes it way better because if a person comes to me and they're reporting 1400 calories and the weight's not going anywhere, as I mentioned, means they're not in a calorie deficit, which means one of two things, accurate tracking is not there or that I would then have to drop calories more from that number in order to see weight loss because their deficit's not there, which isn't always the right thing to do because the further you drop things, obviously the more adaptation that happens. And that's why calorie deficits can be very tricky. So I'm gonna kind of go into a couple of things now that are not food related that are going to affect this whole nutrition thing, because when it comes down to it all, I've covered the basics. That's as simple as nutrition is. Food quality matters. Food quality matter, quantity matters more for fat loss. Um, really making sure we're getting in enough of those things. I keep recapping it because that's, that's really the basics. And so, but now as I talk about the troubleshooting part of it, really think about those things first. Now here's where calorie deficits get tricky. So when it comes to food quality, why I push food quality, because there's a lot of diets out there that are like, you don't have to worry about what you eat. If it fit your macros, it's fine. Totally true. 100%. You could do if it fits your macros and you will lose weight because calorie control is there. However, food has a thermic effect of feeding and the types of foods you eat are going to burn more or less calories. So this is part number one is if a person is eating 1300 calories a day and they're filling it with coffee creamer, um, you know, protein bars um, chips, uh, maybe a little bit of chicken, um, protein shakes, um, cookies, and they're filling their diet with those things. There's going to be less of a thermic effect as if a person who is eating oatmeal and egg whites and avocado and broccoli 
and spinach and lots of fibrous foods and lots of animal proteins and Greek yogurts and things like that, because those foods, some of the foods are actually not even absorbed. Some of the calories aren't even absorbed Two, because there's more nutrients in those foods. A lot of those nutrients are being used differently. And three, the amount of energy it takes to break down those foods is also put into a factor. So a couple of other things that these things do when you're filling your diet with these types of foods is those of you guys out there with hormone issues, blood sugar issues, all those things, those types of foods, because they don't cause as much of a spike in your insulin can often help to optimize energy intake and op optimize hormone balance, optimize blood sugar, all of these different things. So it's not so much about avoiding or labeling foods bad versus good. It's just knowing that some foods are going to be better for the body's thermic effective feeding and overall well-being than others. So, and that's where like having that 80-20 is so important. So this is where part of the calorie deficit gets tricky is, yeah, science says, you know, you're not in a calorie deficit. You're not, I have to drop calories more. So even though I should be getting, you should be losing weight at 1400 calories. If all of those calories are being absorbed and if you just change your diet, I might not have to change your calories at all. If that person just shifted to a more food quality based approach, I hope that makes sense because that's what I really want you guys to understand is sometimes it's not just drop calories. Sometimes it's like, well, Hey, if you're already reporting hunger and we fill your diet with a little bit more satiating foods, you might actually start to lose weight more without dropping weight and guess what? Feel better. So, um, that's part of the calorie deficit thing that can be tricky. The second piece of the calorie deficit thing that can be tricky is inconsistencies in a person's life and not just in their nutrition. So, um, and this is where like, when it comes to changing body composition, there things have got to be consistent. It's, it's a goal. It's not, if you're working on a goal, you're not just doing it when you feel like it. It's I go to the gym three times a week, every single week, or I go to the gym five times a week, every single week. Um, I walk, you know, twice a day, every single day, you know, I, whatever it is you do in your normal life needs to be consistent. And what I find is that people don't understand how those inconsistencies in your lifestyle also affect your caloric needs. And so it's really important to also, if you are working on fat loss, to try and really work on keeping all of your things as routine and consistent as possible. And, and that goes from, and, and that might be that you, you don't train on the weekends. That's, that's fine, but it's consistent every single week. People tend to always focus on like one day. They're not looking at the whole picture and it's a bigger picture than just one or two days. It's, it's really weeks and weeks and weeks, weight loss or fat loss, I should say, doesn't happen in one day. It takes time. So Another inconsistency in a person's life is their sleep and their stress levels. If you are, you know, going from sleeping seven to nine hours one night to two or three hours next night and doing that for three days, and then you're under high stress, that's also going to affect your, obviously your calorie output. Guys, if you're freaking tired, you know, you feel sluggish. Do you think you're burning as many calories as when you feel bright and alert? No, you're not. It's, it's true. You're burning less calories just sitting when you're tired, it's just part of life. So the more consistent you can be in your life, the better. So that's the main thing. Now, the next thing that I'm going to go into that is really tricky with calorie deficits is, um, and obviously fat loss is honesty. Um, and this is such a hard topic for me as a nutrition coach, because 
you never want to like accuse a client of like not being honest with their food journal. But I also know that there's times where it's like common sense says you're probably not being honest. And this is the case when I get a food journal where like Monday through Friday, they're reporting, you know, 17 or 1800 calories. And then all of a sudden on Saturday, there's only 890 logs. It's like you only ate breakfast on lunch on, yeah, I got busy. And that was like our lunch and dinner. I'm like, that ain't making any sense. For one, your freaking hormones, your hunger hormones are going to be like spiked through the roof if you are. Um, otherwise, metabolic, there is a problem. Um, and two, like it's the weekend. Like I'm not that conditioned. Like if it was like a Monday and you're like, I got sick and tired and I got home from work and I just went to bed at six o'clock. That might be a different story, but that's not usually the case on the weekends. And I know that. So um, that's the main thing. I just kicked my cat off of me because he's driving me crazy. <laughs> so, um, he's, I'm just, I'm just mad at him. I cannot believe he did it to my, my freaking coffee yesterday. Um, and now he wants food and he's going to wait till his feeding time talking about food. Um, he's on a meal schedule. He's got a little cat feeder and it spits out food every four hours or so. I, I know, but anyways, so the trust factor is huge as I'm going into the closing part of this, if simplified nutrition thing is, you got to be honest with yourself and with, you know, your coach, if you have a coach or your food journal, if you're not being honest, then you're only stopping yourself. And this is where I'm like, I'm I'm so frustrated. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I'm like, well, you're not tracking everything. Like that's really hard. And I get it. You know, like people are like, well, I don't have so much work. It's, it's not really that much work. Think about it this way. Like how, if you're eating that many times a day, it's probably part of the problem. You're probably eating too frequently. So it's like, it's troubleshooting your nutrition. I'm, I'm just going to even go back. I, Cause this is kind of where I should just end this episode because I'm going to get off on, you know, different things, but well, here's what I'm going to end on is the one tool that I am like, I will be honest with you guys, anything you guys do, keep an accurate food journal. You really want to troubleshoot why your performance is tracking is down, why your fat loss isn't happening why you have no energy, keep a food journal. It is eye-opening, eye-opening. And if it stresses you out, there's two reasons why it stresses you out. One, you likely have no idea about the nutrition facts of the foods that you're eating. And that's stressful because you go to open up the MyFitnessPal database and there's 5 million choices and you're like, which one do I choose? And you have no idea. So you're just picking random ones. Um, but two, you're trying to remember things that you ate throughout the day that you probably were just grabbing randomly. And that does get stressful, but guess what? That's also probably where calories are coming in and you're not recognizing it. So keeping a food journal is, is the most important thing you guys can do to do everything. Now let's talk about other things to consider when it comes to nutrition that I will go into a little bit more of to kind of go over some things. So in this calorie deficit, I think people focus on, um, cause consistency matters. We've already covered that. Obviously I'm beating that through the freaking whatever. I'm just beating it up today. But when it comes to calorie deficits is your body adapts, right? So as I mentioned, the person is like, I don't know why I'm, you know, I'm not losing weight at 1300 calories or 1400 calories is even though when you first started, you were losing weight at 1400 calories over time, your body gets used to that. And all of a sudden, in order for you to actually create a new adaptation, AKA more fat loss, you've got to make a change. And this is where having a coach can be helpful because a lot of people think, well, then I guess I just have to lose or cut back, cut, cut calories more, or I guess it's as good as it gets. 
And that's not the case. And this is what you call metabolic adaptations. And I'm doing a live training on this on Monday. Oftentimes what they need is you need to understand that you can't always be just trying to lose weight. Your body also needs breaks from that. And if you want to be more successful long-term, that a better way to do any kind of fat loss protocol is to, and, and I would like to say that there's a time, but it's, it's really dependent on the person. And I kind of like looking at amount of pounds and if, if we can kind of look at it, like if a person loses like 15 pounds and then their weight's kind of sluggish, it's probably time for them to like, okay, let's take a little break and then we'll hit it again. And, and really the amount of time that person's been cutting for, they should probably take at least half the amount of time, if not the whole amount of time to try and work on maintenance. And, and that's also part of the problem with obviously people that are impatient and just want to lose weight is that they don't want to take that time to have that maintenance time but that's also what's holding them back from seeing results. The maintenance part is so important. So also reminding yourself that as I started this episode is talking about how the principles are the same and that we build from a foundation and all we're really doing is tweaking the amount of calories. So for maintenance, for you know performance, for optimizing health and, and obviously for building muscle, we're looking at maintenance or a slight surplus. For fat loss, we're looking at a little bit of a deficit and it's really not that much more complicated Aside from all the other factors that I just mentioned, you know, like lifestyle and, and food tracking errors and things like that, which I'm going to actually record my next episode on, I think it's just kind of some food tracking errors that I see. Um, but yeah, so here's the basis that I want you guys to know, because I really wanted to kind of keep this episode somewhat simple for you guys. And I know I've kind of went off on a couple of tangents is, and I'm going to keep saying the same thing. Okay. So calorie control is key maximizing the amount of nutrients of those calories is the next step because that's going to allow you guys to make sure that you're really optimizing the thermic effect of feeding and getting your body getting enough nutrients. And then it's tweaking calorie intake based on your goals. That's really the basics of nutrition. And it's not much more difficult than that. Last piece is obviously lifestyle, keeping things consistent there. So if you have questions about nutrition that are, and this goes into anything guys, whether you have metabolic issues or anything like that. If you're not starting with this, all the other shit doesn't matter. All the diet protocols, all the fix my insulin, fix that, like start with the basics. If you cover the basics and the basics don't work, that's when you start going down the rabbit holes. But until the bases are covered, all that stuff is literally just, it's distractions. It's distractions from the work at hand. And as I started this episode with simple is not always easy, it's true because the easy way usually is not the best way. Usually the right way is a little bit more difficult. And I know that this isn't always easy. And that's why I do try and guide people as much as I can. Um, so if you guys do need help with nutrition, you want a little bit more information on what I do with my clients, uh, shoot me a message, shoot me a DM, fill out my clarity call application. And I would love to connect with you. 